During the COVID pandemic, churches and organizations across the country were shut down, but this pastor organized 5,000 of them to fight back and say, no, we're opening our doors. So let's talk about that. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, hey there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, joining you live from our BNC studios here in lovely eastern Indiana. And today we are talking about... Yes, fighting back against government tyranny, this one through the COVID pandemic, and to join us to discuss how he helped organize 5,000 churches to stand up and fight back. Pastor Brian Gibson, welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, hey, Brian, thanks for having me. It's an honor to be with you today, man. It's an honor to have you in the show, Pastor Gibson. Thank you for joining us. And before we go into the fun stuff, talking about how you and 5,000 other churches stood up against government tyranny during the COVID pandemic and fought back against these crazy lockdowns and regulations, do us a favor. Introduce yourself here to the Brian Nichols Show audience. Yeah, Brian. Well, first and foremost, I'm a husband, dad, and a local church pastor, right? I've been preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and pioneering and leading churches for uh, over 20 years now, uh, pioneered some in Western Kentucky. And so I pastor uh, multiple churches, multiple campuses, conveniently located 1,100 miles apart in Texas and Kentucky. But uh, first and foremost, man, we help people, right? I'm, I'm a pastor. I love people. And uh, we just want to see the lives get better. And doing that got us into what we're going to talk about in a minute. And that's standing up against, uh, you know, government overreach. Uh, we really believe, and I believe, uh, the people of the church I pastor, which is hischurch.cc, we believe that there's an enshrined protection in the First Amendment that protects our religious liberty, uh, first and foremost. And so if government's coming after that, I believe the church, the pastors, any sort of religious leader uh, has, the, um, has really a responsibility to stand up and speak up. Amen, right there. Well, we we definitely got a lot of flack there during the three years of insanity. And that really all started with the March 2020, where we said, are you sure that it's it's a good thing to label people essential versus non-essential to arbitrarily decide which organizations could stay open and which ones could not, especially when it's just one point of contact, in this case, the government being the ones deciding that, I don't think so. And uh, to what you're speaking about in terms not only of us going out and speaking the good word, but being able to congregate. This is the, the very essence of what it means to be an American. So what was the feedback, not just from those government officials, but from the communities that you service? Well, we had, we had uh, campuses in two different states, Kentucky and Texas, and there were different responses of uh, primarily from the government, number one, because Bashir in Kentucky is like, uh, I don't know how to, he's like a Cuomo Jr., you mm. know, is what I would call him, or a Justin Trudeau wannabe type. So he came after us hard in Kentucky. Uh, and that fear, kind of, you, you can really see who you elect begins to affect the people of the population. Because I never would have dreamed Kentucky would have been as compliant as it was, the people of Kentucky. Uh, you went over to Texas where other campuses were, and it was a different response. Now, the governor of Te Texas made some mistakes up front, uh, but then he did write those mistakes, came out and said church is essential. But it's funny, you can just see the dividing line 
on how people respond. And it's as simple as this. Who and what are they listening to? Mm -hmm. Are they listening to a spirit of fear? Are they listening to agenda or are they listening to a spirit of faith? And uh, some people love us. Some people hate us. It's, it's polarizing. And I've made a lot of great friends in the midst of this. I also made an incredible amount of enemies. And they're not my enemy, but they, they view me as an enemy, right? Uh, so it's, it, it's a wild three years. And it really separated a lot of who we are as Americans, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Well, and we're still feeling it today, right? I mean, I know myself relationships just irreparably changed over the past three years because of all the insanity. I know a bunch of people in my audience who have reached out saying, yes, Brian, my story is very similar to yours. I experienced that as well. And to your point, yeah, this is something that has really impacted all of us. And I think that's the part that it really hits home is that no one was really isolated from the impacts of the government reaction to the COVID uh, pandemic. And, And in this case, as you're mentioning, shutting down places of worship, arbitrarily targeting uh, places of worship. It, it just really hit home of how quickly not only government would be able to be used as a force not for good, but also how quickly so many people were able to just jump on board with whatever the, the idiot box was talking at them that day on TV. And that scared me like nothing else has in recent memory because there were people I thought were rational, critically thinking, good-hearted people who just jumped on board with this narrative, hook, line, and sinker, and they still, to this day, Pastor Gibson, are on board with the mentality that they've been promoting for the past three years, which goes hand-in-hand with you being one of the pastors here who was standing up against what we consider, quote-unquote, the woke agenda. So do us a favor, outline what is, in your terms, the woke agenda, and how are you fighting back? Uh, The woke agenda is anything that God said in the Bible. The woke agenda says the opposite. So, I mean, right down to your worth as a person, what a male and a female is, right? Book of Genesis, God created them male and female. Marriage between a man and a woman, Adam and Eve, uh, family and uh, family authority, the authority of the family and parental authority. It's coming against that. Uh, the woke thing calls north, south, south, north, good, evil, and evil, good. And it is a virus. Uh, it's not just an agenda from some people say, was this a WEF agenda? Is this a Klaus Schwab agenda? Is this a UN agenda? I'll tell you what agenda it is. It's a demonic agenda. Um, and if you want to inoculate people against the woke virus, the best way you can do it do is to teach them the Bible. You got to teach them the Bible first and foremost. That's the thing that gave us America. A lot of people say, well, America built the church. No, America did not build the church. The church built America. Uh, the founding principles we have in, in the documents, the U.S. Constitution, Bill of Rights, all the things we hold dear as Americans, the reason they're so precious to us is because they came from the Word of God. They're ideas that came from a Judeo-Christian worldview, and the pastors that pastored early America, as a matter of fact, they, they led the men that rebelled against King George and uh, fought back against the tyranny of the British. There were a group of pastors by the name of the Black Robe Regiment that actually led and, and recruited the early American militias. Uh, they would preach in their pulpits about liberty, and they would prophesy against King George. They would teach people the word of God. And then a lot of these men literally led armies to bring us America. It's a part of American history a lot of people don't even know about. They've never heard it. Uh, whenever Paul Revere right, is riding back saying the British are coming, he was riding to his pastor's house. So... People don't understand. If you want to inoculate people against the left, uh, and, and not just not just the old school liberal, 
we're not talking about the liberal of 1990, right? We're talking about a brand new form of liberal. The old school liberals uh, cared about the freedom of speech. They cared about some of these things. Now it's a woke joke, leftist, Marxist, um, aggressive spirit, uh, unlike anything you'll ever see. And if you if you walk down the corridors of history, you'll find out that this, this leftist authoritarian spirit killed more humans than anything else unleashed on the planet uh, since Karl Marx wrote his book, which a preacher by the name of Charles Spurgeon fought against vehemently in London. So, so you know, the, the, the guys that, that set up the elections, right, the pollsters, the people that run the elections, they understand from the left the primary way you know that a voter will vote conservative. You know what? One of the number one ways you can know a voter will vote conservative, it's church attendance. It's <laughs> church attendance. It's not talked about a lot, but they know it. Right. If we have people in the churches, we're, we're, the churches that are preaching the Bible to them, they understand the truth. They understand you can't take a little boy and make him into a little girl. They understand this is all madness and a lie. And so it does inoculate people against uh, the woke joke. And I think that's it. Getting the Bible to people. Second thing I tell everybody, I'm a, I'm a dad of three, three kids. Right. I'm a, I'm a parent before I'm a pastor. And uh, it's my job to protect and provide for those children, to be a man for them. Um Get your kids out of the government school system. It's not the public education system anymore, right? It's the government school system. And nine out of 10 of the people in that school system, uh, they're a member of one or two unions. One, I believe, is the NEA. The other is the AFT. Nine out of 10 people that work in the school systems feel good enough about the NEA and AFT to put money in that system, right? Their union dues. Well, every kind of thing you can imagine. Kids being gender fluid, choose your own bathroom, uh, socialism. The, the, those entities are the number one donor. One of the one of the I won't say number one, but one of the top donors to the uh, Democratic uh, Party in America. So yeah, if you want to you want to do well by your kids, man, take them to church, get them the heck out of those schools. That's my advice to you as a pastor and uh, just a person too. Yeah, we just talked about this with uh, Steve Abramowitz here in the show last week and dig digging into not just the Marxist agenda that's being promoted in our schools right now, but specifically how Randy Weingarten and her ilk have helped empower this. It seems all part of a plan. And I think part of what we're referring back to here has been really not the separation of church and state, but rather state becoming the new religion, government becoming the new religion. And you're feeling it right now. Anytime that one of us says government probably shouldn't do this, you see the reaction from people who worship at the state or rather at the altar of the state fighting back just like, like it's, it's like you are attacking a religion of sorts. And I guess it speaks to how we've seen so many people drift away from finding their sense of purpose outside of these these institutionalized government organizations and and rather now they're spending all their time energy and effort promoting this to your point this very upsetting woke ideology that is now going after the youngest among among us the the most innocent among us and that is the kids so i guess i ask you pastor gibson what would be your response beyond obviously getting our kids out of these these government schools uh, and, and instead like what can we do as a society to help fight back without it going towards bloodshed because i don't think anybody wants it to get to that point we want to do things in a peaceful way so what would you recommend be those peaceful steps well, woke is their new religion, 
right? You think about this from, uh, think, I'll, I'll use an Old Testament analogy, right? The kings funded the, the Old Testament system, right? That they would take the land, all right? The corporation, so, so woke's the new religion in this analogy, their kings are the CEOs of the big corporations that are pushing this madness, all right? Their temples are the school systems and they're indoctrinating our children there. So yeah, what, what I would suggest if we're gonna push against this madness is uh, I think we ought to win our local school boards, but I still think the schools are past saving. Uh, I hate to say it out loud, but I, I think it's something, it's so entrenched and it's been going on for so many years, we're not gonna get those temples back. They're, they're not schools, they're temples to a new religion. We're not gonna get them back. The only thing we can do is separate our kids from them and then raise, I call it raising hell for heaven about what's going on and being said in those schools and exposing it. I think exposing that darkness helps a lot. And uh, I've been doing that for 15 years. Um, have a lot of people in the school system that hate my guts, <laughs> but, but it's because I would shed light on what they were doing. Uh, and I can't say it too much. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Bible preacher, so I'm going to come back and say again and again and again that you got to teach kids their value, young people their value. It's important that they understand they're made in the image of God. It's why they're greater than, than any of the animals. Uh, these planet worshipers we know out here right now that I do believe have an agenda to depopulate the earth. They want less of us. It's why they push Planned Parenthood. It's why they push uh, birth control so hard in so many different shapes, forms, and fashions. While they're pushing the LGBTQ agenda right now, they're pushing it because they want less humans on the earth. Well, one of the first things God tells Adam and Eve is be fruitful and multiply. So you got to tell young people what matters. Uh, me and my wife, we've been talking a marriage. We, we've been married 23 years uh, within the last couple of uh, uh, couple of weeks. I know it's hard to believe looking at this young, beautiful man that I've been married 23 years because I look like Santa Claus, but I have. And uh, so we just wrote a book and are releasing it. I have released it. Been traveling, um, preaching around the country. Uh, just got back from preaching about it in Hawaii, which was terrible. Somebody has to go help those Hawaiians. Uh, so, so the book's called Love Handles, and it's you can get a copy if they want a copy. Lovehandlesbook.com. Lovehandlesbook.com. Uh, the basic building blocks God uses to make a great society. See, builds a man, right? Pulls a real bat, real bat, makes a woman out of that rib, and then he puts together a family. And we live in a world where people don't know how to do family. They don't know how, how to honor their spouse. They don't know how to love each other well. Uh, my wife, Jesse and I, we got married 22 and 19. I got down to 199 for us to get married because I wanted to, you know, we call it getting naked, getting down to naked weight where I come from. Uh, the Bible says Adam and Eve were naked and not ashamed. And if I'm eating carbs, I'm ashamed when I'm naked. So I got down to 199. We got married the very next day. I weighed 237, right? Uh, people say it's impossible to gain 38 pounds overnight, but I did it. And so I got a love handle she can hold on to when we're walking, right? Uh, so that, that's what the book's about. We're trying to give people just general, old-fashioned, and it's not old-fashioned, it's Bible principles that'll make you be able to hold on to the love of your life. They need something to grab a hold of. This culture's not giving anything, giving them anything to hold on to. That's why they're grabbing at all this lunacy, right? Who would, who would have thought you could sell the world like, uh, or, or think you're going to have like tuck-friendly swimsuits for, for, for three-year-olds? Yeah. And that people are going to smoke what you're selling, right? I'm not smoking what they're selling. And I, I can't believe the average person is, but they're tolerating it because they don't have something real to hold on to. So I don't know uh, who all the audience is. If you're a little bit older, 
You've been married for a while. You've been married 30 years. Hopefully you got this thing figured out. Uh, but I would suggest if you know some kids, you got kids, grandkids, nephews, nieces, you go to lovehandlesbook.com, lovehandlesbook.com. And uh, it's got it's got stuff in there that'll help you. Also notice it's pink and blue, right? Because we're we're old school right here, right? This is not a, uh, uh, probably not a, a, a Google friendly cover. And I don't care at all, by the way. Um uh, listen, the, the greatest relationship I have and what I think is creating could create people that could change the culture for the better is what I get to do as a parent. Right. I've got these three great people living in my house, little people that I do some things right in front of and I mess up in front of them, too. And I think it's powerful that you got a kid in your house like my oldest turned 17 today. Uh, I've had 17 years to get to help shape and to create and to put in her a worldview that'll honor God and help humanity. So I think we got to get back to the basics. That's the only thing that the only thing that will make something work. Listen, I love America. I've traveled the country preaching. I'm a pro-America preacher. I take a lot of slack from that. Uh, I have very little hope that the American political process can be fixed right now. Still praying for it, still fighting for it, right? It's corrupt at many, many levels. Um, I do think America could have another great awakening where we understand that we're sinful and we need a savior. His name is Jesus. I think there's hope for that. And I, I think if we get a third great awakening, it could extend, right? The, uh, how do I say it? The, the shelf life mm. of our nation. Cause I'm a student of history and I know nations don't last forever, right? They just don't. You can believe they will, Go look at Rome. Go look at any major empire. It doesn't matter. Babylonians, Assyrians, Egyptians, you, you, you name it. There's a shelf life. And uh, I feel like we're pushing up against that shelf life. There are some things that can extend it. We've not been doing them well. I think a reach out for family and a reach to God uh, would do America a whole lot of good. Mm -hmm. I'm praying that it happens soon. Amen. Well, and as we're going towards the, uh, the end of the episode here, we do our final thoughts. I'll kick things off, Pastor Gibson. And that is... I think it's so important not just to take what you said, but to also talk about what we've been talking about here in the Brian Nichols Show for a number of months, well, I guess over a year plus now, and that is moving to areas with people who share not just your values, but your goals, and, and really to focus on surrounding yourself with good people. Um, you look at these these big blue cities where you know I lived in Philadelphia for seven years, and you see the group thing. You see the echo chamber. And when everybody's regurgitating the same nonsense, it's more difficult for the truth speakers to come out and actually speak the truth because you are quick to be lambasted. You are quick to be shunned and you're quick to be made to feel ostracized from your community. So what I did back in 2022 is I said, no, we're, we're done with this. I'm done not feeling like I am a part of this community and have a say. I moved to from Philadelphia to Eastern Indiana and I find myself now surrounded with amazing people who share my values, who share my goals and Here's the best part. It's not an echo chamber. If anything, I think us more on the political right-leaning scale actually have more disagreements that we're more open to talk about and work through those disagreements. Now, are we always going to jump on board, be 100% with each other? 
know, but that's okay. That's how we learn and we grow. But when I look at the left, and I'm sorry to generalize here, folks, but it seems much more of a hive mentality. And when you don't go with in lockstep with the hive mentality, you are cast out. And and not only are you cast out, you're looked at as a bad person. And frankly, that's not a, a society I want to be a part of. That's not a society I want to raise my kids in. And it speaks to why not only should we be supporting more of this federalist approach, literally focusing on the local communities where we have the most impact, not just with our vote, but with our impact of being individuals, making a difference in our communities. That's where we win. That's why we have folks like you, Pastor Gibson, who fight the good fight, fighting whether it's COVID, the woke insanity, or all that in between. So thank you for that. That's my final thoughts. What do you have for us on your end? I couldn't agree more. Uh, being with people of the right mindset changes everything. We'd say this to kids all the time when we're preaching, show me your uh, friends. I'll show you your future. You are becoming who you're around. And uh, I heard you say you left Philly. Man, I preached a ton in Philly during the lockdowns and was around there after riots started around America. That Liberty Bell is cracked. Mm -hmm. And you go to a lot of the cities, right, that are left-leaning or blue. It was amazing. During the riots, I would go right into every riot. When BLM and Antifa were tearing down cities, I'd get in the midst of them and preach because I believe uh, a gospel of peace brings peace wherever it goes. But in that environment, you're going to find so much pain, so much trouble, so much turmoil. Uh, I would suggest families and people to find places of safety and places where there are just people that, that still are logical. And, and honor things like uh, your freedom of religion, your freedom of speech, right? Freedom of assembly. Because without that, what do you have in the end? And, and I've heard it's interesting. It's also been kind of uh, concerning. It's probably been 15 years ago. Uh, I heard what people would refer to as a Christian prophet. And one I respect, somebody that, that you know, uh, believes by the Holy Spirit that they have a prediction for the future. Uh, say this, that America would come to a time where the most important men, in your area and in your life would be your local mayor, mayor and your sheriff because your sheriff and those local people would provide you protection that had been destroyed and, and fell apart in the rest of the country. Now, that's a very apocalyptic and, and dark worldview. Uh, but I think what you can take out of that, whether that guy's right or wrong, I think the local level where you're living, where you're buying your groceries, where you're raising your children, where you're doing everything, it affects everything. I mean, it's it's so great to be with people of like mind. So welcome to Indiana. I'm glad you got out of Philly, right? <laughs> I've spent a lot of time in Southern Indiana. Um, I love the people of that state. I'm happy to be over here as well. I had a whole episode I did back in January 2022 about saying goodbye to Philadelphia. And uh, I think many episodes thereafter, I've talked about what my experience has been thus far and it's all been great truthfully like like being around people who share your values who share your goals who are not necessarily on your team but are at least in you know same church maybe different pew right how about that for a good analogy for today so with that being said pastor gibson where can folks go ahead continue the conversation with you should they look to find you on social media yeah at lead pastor on twitter at lead pastor on twitter and uh, if you want to keep up with the book or get a copy of the book, lovehandlesbook.com. So Perfect. Awesome. We'll include all those links in the show notes, folks. Make it easy for you 
to go ahead and find. And folks, by the way, if you are joining us here on the YouTubes, well, do me a favor, hit the notification bell and subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. But just in case, because yes, we have been officially ruled harmful content over on YouTube. Go ahead and follow us on independent media like Rumble, but also like Sovereign, which is Ben Swan's entity. I am a big fan of Sovereign, so please go ahead, find us over there, support independent media like Sovereign, like Rumble, and also, if you want to continue the conversation with yours truly, find me at B Nichols Liberty, Facebook, Twitter, and wherever else you have your social medias. Any final thoughts for us today, Pastor Gibson? Hey, keep your gloves up, uh, keep your keep your chin down. And uh, let's change the world if we can. I believe we can. Fantastic. I agree wholeheartedly. And folks, if you agree, we'll do us a favor. Go ahead, give today's episode a share. And by the way, if you are joining us here on YouTube, I mentioned the episode last week with Steve Abramowitz where we talked about Randy Weingarten and she's her bringing the Marxism to the kids. Stay around. That episode should be popping up right about here or so in the middle or so. So I will see you guys over there while we continue the conversation. But for today's episode, that being said, Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Dr. Dr. Pastor Brian Gibson. We'll talk to you later. Did you know you're a doctor? Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.